Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together podcast, place to up level in every aspect of your life, from personal development to mindset and spirituality to business tips and relationships building. We bring you best interviews, tools, and inspiration where one episode can change your whole life. Here's your host, Jasna Borza. Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome to Up Level Together. Hope you're having the most wonderful day wherever it is that you are. Oh my goodness. Today's podcast interview with Amy Ledeen had me thinking in ways which, in which I have never thought before. It had me have goosebumps all over my body, and it just has created such a profound effect on me and I know her. So if this has done, uh, you know, if, if this has had this effect on me, I know that this interview is going to be absolutely transformational for you as well. Um, before I introduce uh, Amy a little bit more, just a really quick reminder, the Minneapolis Mastermind Up Level Together is coming up end of September. I would love to have you be part of uh, that cohort. It is by far the most incredible program. And I know that's such a biased thing to say, of course, but I really believe that. And I don't say it because it's mine, but it's because of the people that, that actually join and the most incredible group of alumni that live among us. Brilliant humans that are so interested in being of value and helping you that it just gives me chills if you feel like it's time to step it up and to really uh you know step up your game and 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 create the life of your dreams there is no better placeholder than this five-month program that's actually going to have you deliver you know to yourself more than you normally would within a year. So um, head on over to yasnaborza.com forward slash mastermind and check it out some more. Now, Amy Ladine, my dear goodness, this woman right now is a very sought after coach, an incredible uh, speaker, and uh, she's starting to host workshops and retreats in, in her might. But she is one of the most um, fantastic mindset coaches that I have ever met. The woman is absolutely brilliant. She's also a very dear friend. We have only met a few months ago and it was this instant uh, connection and friends for life. She um, has had one heck of a life. We talk about her story from living with cancer uh, stage four cancer for over six years. When you hear her story and understand what she did, despite the fact that she had to go through something so intense, you will be floored and it will make you get up and do something about your life. Just that. But she's also the most disciplined human that I know on planet earth. This is the woman that gets up at, at 4 a.m. every single morning to go for a walk because she has said that she will honor her word of 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 changing her changing her life. She has uh, gone through being being overweight mom to becoming one of the fittest people that I know, one of the healthiest, positive, and most inspiring people today. 
she actually walks us through her hacks. She has certain hacks on how to become disciplined and why honoring your word is literally the key to self-esteem and self-respect. We talk about dis-ease, whether the dis-ease might be a cause of pent-up emotions and oh my goodness, you will not believe her answer. And then she disclosed something so personal that I I knew about and I did not know that she was going to share. But I am glad that she did because in, in her sharing that, I think she's giving everyone permission to be themselves and know that we screw up and that we can make amends and then that we can really heal. We talk so much about healing what that means, and how that's closely related to our personal performance, believe it or not. We talk about trauma and all of us, you know, experiencing some form of trauma and also how that relates to every single, um, you know, aspect to our life. So you're looking at a woman who is a, uh, a mother of five who owns two businesses, a multimillionaire, an incredible mindset coach, and just an incredible human being. This conversation will change your life. Put the dishes away, uh, put the kids away, take out a notebook and get ready to start writing because this will be incredibly useful for all of you. Here is Amy. Amy, welcome to Up Level Together podcast. Hey, hey, I'm so excited to be here. I am always happy to do these conversations, but today, let's just be honest, it's a little extra special. You are one of the my, my favorite, my, one of my favorite human beings on planet Earth, and I am so thankful that you took the time out of your day to come and talk to me. Honestly, anything for you. I mean, we've come kind of full circle with lots of like conversations into the night that, I mean, I would sit and talk to you forever all day. <laughs> I love you. Same here. Well, just to give them a little bit of a background, we met five months ago in LA when we were in the same Fast Foundations Mastermind and like really late into the night having these hard opening conversations that just change the fabric of our being forever, which is really brilliant. Totally. Which is amazing. So people have just heard this amazing introduction about who you are. But what they don't understand is what a deep and what a knowledgeable and what a rich human you are. So I'm like so incredibly excited. You are just this, I think, perfect mix of this drill sergeant and this, this mother who embraces you with loving arms. And it's like that beautiful mix that's so rare to find. I'm, I'm beyond, beyond excited. Oh, I love that. The drill charge. I'll take it. <laughs> I know you will. So here's the, the thing. Let's start with this. Uh, you know, I look at you and when people look at you, uh, they look at one of the most disciplined and fit and um, sharp human beings on planet Earth. But I know that wasn't always the case. Would you give us a little bit of a background on how you became to be one of the top personal coaches and mindset coaches in the world, really? Wow. Well, thank you for that. My gosh, I, I, that's, that's an honor to even be like considered that, but I would say, you know, I, I kind of joke that all of mine have come from my trials and my mistakes, you know, in terms of like me getting fit, I was a really chubby kid. My nickname was piglet growing up. My brothers called me piglet. They were sticks, you know, t tall and skinny. And, um, you know, from a baby, my mom, 
And, um, you know, from there, high school just went on about every single diet with my mom and just modeling, you know, seeing, you know, we don't realize the power of modeling at that age, but I watched a struggling dieter, someone that I saw could never achieve success. So I had a lot of limiting beliefs with dieting. And so that totally went into my twenties. And then, you know, I had a moment. I'm really blessed that I, I had a moment. I was sitting on the park bench with my toddler at the time. And I saw that I was sitting there because I was tired. I was lazy. And I look around and the fit moms are out like playing and being active. But most of the heavy set moms, they were sitting on the park bench. They couldn't get up in the playground. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that mom. So I was really blessed that my initial desire to really get fit was an inside out thought because that's the key. You know, I, I, I shifted. I went from that inside thought for the first 70 pounds, lost it through Weight Watchers and just good old fashioned, like hard work. Then, you know, comparisons, the thief of joy, right? I got to like 150 pounds and then suddenly I'm around a new circle of friends that their fitness desires are more outside in. And so I kind of went down a new extreme. I went from really heavy to then almost like obsessive. So my discipline, you know, it was for me, but kind of against me because that, you know, that perfectionist attitude and behavior can actually really, you know, hurt you. But for me, you know, it was, it was really honestly my trials. And, and I think how come I've become one of the best out there is I've experienced it. Mm. You know, I've been on both sides where I've been addicted to food. And then I've also had a really unhealthy relationship with food and cardio and exercise, you know, on the other side of things where I can, I can see some of that in clients when we get on the phone and we talk about pain points. I know the pain much more because I've been there. Well, that's very interesting. Two things I want to clarify. What does it mean to be addicted to food? Okay. Okay. And then why don't we just start there and then I will ask the second one. I think being addicted to food and I, you know, I don't know if there's like an actual definition of, you know, how many hours you're thinking about it, but I would say the addiction would first start with how much you're thinking about food is food. Uh, is it the side in your, in your life or is it the main, you know, dessert? Mm-hmm. Main? And I think for a lot of females, they are going around thinking about what they're going to not have, what they can have, how much they can have, more than anything, when they look at food, they define it as good or bad. So then they define it usually by calories. They're not even chasing a feeling. We have been raised in that we didn't even ask our children, like, how does that make you feel when you eat this? Mm. We've really chased it by an exterior. Oh, this makes you fat. Oh, this makes you skinny. Oh, like, and so all of us have just been on this autopilot of, well, I just do things because I'm either going to gain or lose versus like really eating something and going, you know, it might taste good, but this just makes me feel like garbage. Mm. You know, so the food addiction, um, you know, I definitely was addicted to food to the point where after, and and ironically, it wasn't really when I was heavy. Um, My biggest was when I lost all my weight and I got really extreme with my dieting and that I couldn't trust myself to have like birthday cake in the house. I couldn't trust myself. And, and I'm a big believer on, hey, your environment's stronger than your willpower. Don't keep that stuff in the house. But the fact that I couldn't even have like a birthday party at the house and later that that cake would be, you know, haunting me. Mm. And, uh, you know, so 
hopefully I think that answered your question. No, but that's powerful because anyone who is listening to this will see food addiction because I think sometimes we'll say things like, oh yeah, that's not me. But when you break it down, they'll be like, oh no, that is you. Someone, a healer recently told me that I carry ancestral, ancestral shame. And I'm like, what do you mean shame? And I'm just like, well, what, what, like that is, I'm not a person that's ashamed. Like I own it, right? It's like, if I mess up, I mess up. But then I went into the definition of what shame is. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. All of a sudden it made sense. So I like to always deconstruct things so people can really found themselves in some of that and, and begin to heal. And I think food addiction can, it is passed on. I mean, you know, you watch people that get really excited about the food and they're constantly you know, thinking about food, it's even down to like, think about, you know, as adults, and we do this with our kids, not realizing it. I did this for years until I realized it. And now I've changed it. We reward with food. Mm. They have a great week at school and you go, guys, let's go get ice cream. Even the, now, and here's the thing, I'm not against you going and getting the ice cream, but it needs to be the side topic. It's like this. I want to spend time with you guys and I want to reward, let, let's play together because you had such a great week and just get the ice cream out and set it on the table. Yeah. That this just happens to be a side. This isn't the reason because what happens as adults when we start to go through, and this is why I think a lot of adults that are heavier have had trauma in their life is they've learned to cope with food because food doesn't judge food just, you know, and, and so when I meet like real heavy people that have struggled most of their life, I ask, do you have, can you give me any childhood history of trauma? Is there anything in your life? Because that's a coping. And, and, and since we need food in our lives, it's not like cocaine. It's not like alcohol where we cannot just, I mean, just completely keep it out of our lives. It has to be around us. So it's the, it's the most dangerous addiction when you think about it, because look at the byproduct diabetes. Diabetes is serious these days in the U.S. and North America, and people are not realizing the costs as you get older. I mean, I have a 69-year-old um, mother-in-law that's already in a nursing home. She was a type 2, turned type 1 because she didn't take care of herself. And when you're a diabetic, the cost to be taken care of it's really hot. You're, you're, you're just making me think on so many different levels because there's this, what you're telling me is that there's this connection between our, you know, our, our upbringing, of course, but an emotional trauma, which is, I just recorded a podcast on that, of my own story and actual, you know, issues, whether it's with food or anything else or any kind of this easy body. Wow, that's really, really, it's just really brilliant and very exciting. Another question I wanted to ask, you mentioned something that was really interesting that how you got onto the opposite, like the pendulum swings side of the two discipline, right? In today's world, so much of the working out and intensity around, around the workout, could that be a masked eating disorder? 100%. Mm. I mean, I would say that me... It, it, and it's all from lack of self-worth because let's face it, our best self doesn't number one need to be a certain size. Our best self one lives congruent, but living our best self also means being healthy. This is also why I think you don't need to be a certain size. Although I would argue that being a size 20, no, you know, you're not, but there are a lot of beautiful full figured women out there that are healthy because that also goes along with your mindset. I was not healthy at my level because I went from 230, my lightest, I was 116 to the wow. point that like my husband was like, what is going on with you? I was addicted to cardio, 
you know, if I didn't do X amount per day, because I was all about getting better, better, better. Well, before I know it, I was doing, you know, 15 hours of cardio a week, 1200 calories a day. And since I downregulated just my metabolism from being, you know, just under eating for so many years, I, I couldn't get off the train, you know, and you don't have a lot of self-worth because you really aren't living congruent. You look like you are on the outside, but these people, we cave, we're bingers where that, that personality, ha they don't have worth because you don't have a self-commitment, you know, to self, like what you do, you actually, what you say you want to do, you don't do. It's like the person that's like tomorrow, I'm only going to eat 1200 calories and then they don't. Right. So you've just broke that promise. So then the next day they'll restrict so they get away with it, but it's not from a congruent living. So they're, that's why you meet a lot of competitors. They're miserable people. They look amazing up on stage, but they are the most insecure people because they're completely outside and focused. This is, so, you're saying something that needs to be said. It is so incredibly important because there's so many uh, uh, people listening to, to this podcast who are feeling like not enough because they're not as fit or you know whatever don't have they're not a certain size when when looking a certain way does not equal self-worth or, or good mental health ever ever oh that's really interesting go ahead no just it's i think it's more surprising to people i think that's why we've made a shift where you have to be it has to be an inside out change because if you are waiting for abs to show up you're waiting for a size you're waiting for a, a number that you really can't control then you'll never be happy. Whereas if you chase a behavior every day, I mean, the moment I shed my shorts and started strutting myself in a bikini was when I finally realized I do everything I say I'm going to do. So why would I be upset with what I have? I've done it all. It's incredible. So you have been able to actually come to that the, the healthy spot. You've released, I mean, you look amazing. You look fit and healthy. So you really released, I mean, how much weight did you release in the, what was that? Uh, a hundred pounds. I came back up when I found my husband's company 10 years ago, I was a cardio queen. And like I said, couldn't get off the, you know, the train of low restriction. He immediately was like, you need a dieting break. I never had a dieting break. I had, you know, accidentally died. Most people I call accidental maintenance where they intend to be on a diet, but they fail so often that they're just maintaining. Okay. So I was kind of accidentally dieting at that point. Cause I just couldn't restrict anymore. Like it was just, you know, and so he slowly brought that up. Now I only train, you know, four days a week, three to four days, you know, outside of 75 hard and um, a couple days of cardio. And now my focus on food. So I went from weighing and measuring and I teach that in my coaching that you do have, I mean, there, science does matter. It's calories in calories. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to do that. However, no one wants to do that forever, but no one's teaching that. The stats now are alarming. 95% of people that lose weight will gain it back within five years. 95. Wow. And that's of the small population that even successfully lose it. So we don't just have a weight problem. We have a weight stability problem. People don't, they're just used to plugging themselves into a diet because they were never taught habits and behaviors around food. Like the moment that they're not on their diet, they show up to a restaurant and they go, well, I'm ordering burger and fries and all this versus like, what does my best self do? What is a behavior win here? I might not be able to have chicken and veggies measured out, but what can I have that is the next best thing that I can do? And that's what we teach now is that other side, because that's the hardest, because you know what? You have to show up every day with intention, with no outcome change, meaning I'm not getting any leaner and I still got to work this hard. 
I, I love what you were saying. And one of the things that I'm really fascinated about, there's a mix of like with Lean Bodies Consulting and, and the Curls and Way and all your businesses that, you, that we're going to talk about a little bit more. There is this, not only am I going to help you get fit, but I'm going to help you maintain it, which is really, again, is the same as coaching someone and saying it's like anyone can get excited for a day, but can you create long-term change? And you do... I mean, you're one of the most disciplined humans. I watch you. I am yet to do 75 hard. I'm getting there. And you also include such a big, big amount of mindset because you understand that it's so incredibly important. So what I have, um, you know, really watched you over the last few, few months, um, I mean, the first word that comes to mind when I think of you is love, and then it's like discipline. So again, it's a mother that gives you a hug and, and a drill sergeant. I would love for you to tell us about three practices that are integral in your life and that are really, really incredible and life-changing. So that will be 75 hard, daily agreement cards, and then future journaling, because those are just so life-changing and they really create remarkable results for, for you and everyone else. 100%. And I think because people always have associated me with having cancer and therefore I should have a tough mindset. But I tell people, there's a big difference between the mindset of someone fighting cancer and by no choice. Like, honestly, when you're fighting for your life with no choice, that's completely different than doing a challenge, say, like 75 hard, where I'm leaning into actually wanting to do uncomfortable stuff. Mm. And so that's what I really wanted for myself was I, I you know, I, I, I beat cancer and I really felt confident there, but there was still some areas that I felt like I really wanted to prove to myself that the uncomfortable place is where you grow. And so when we learned about Andy Frizzella's program, you know, Eric was like, Oh, I'm a little nervous. And I'm like, that's why, you know, the fact that we're nervous about it means we need to do it because we're fearing fail. We're just feeling that we're going to fail. And that means the win on the other side. Like I always know when I'm afraid of something, I always, always know that if I can just get to the other side, the win is massive because I've been nervous about it. And that overcoming that is really where you grow. Mm -hmm. And so for 75 hard, we have busy lives, you know, we have five kids and running two businesses and traveling. And so when we decided to do it, you know, it's 75 days of no cheats. So you get to pick whatever diet you want, but you know, just sticking to your diet is hard enough. I decided to add no sugar. So I wanted to cut sugar. And then we, it's, you know, two workouts a day, 45 minutes each, a progress picture, a gallon of water and read 10 pages of personal development. The cool thing that I learned from it was one, that you can really do anything you set your mind to. Mm. Traveled a couple times. I'm not saying it was always fun, but the win, the, the rush that I got from the growth in my confidence, I loved getting out in the morning and knowing no one else was out there with me because no one else is going to cut it like me. And so that was where I was building a lot of my powers. I was like, you know, I took my kids out with me and my daughter's like, mom, like no one's out there. I go, exactly. You know how good it feels to know that I'm doing stuff that no one else is willing to do. Like the outcome was just my growth. Now the byproduct was a, a great body because sticking to that and seeing the habits of that, you know, but it was really honestly seeing the power in so many of us have decision fatigue because we leave too many decisions every day just to like reaction. Whereas we don't like set our intention the night before or like with 75 hard, it was, it was actually a lot of freedom. It's kind of like with, you know, when we organize ourselves, they say structure equals freedom. Well, I think decision-making ahead of time equals peace because if you put that already in place, 
when you show up to the restaurant, like we went to um, St. Louis when we needed to be 100% that whole week and Eric and I, I had no problem at a restaurant. Why? I already set my intention. I already knew my reticular activation system wasn't even bothered looking at sweets, looking at desserts. I was focused in on the things that I could have. I didn't focus on what I couldn't have. People struggle because they're waiting for, they're using their willpower. Willpower is really just undecided. It's just an indecision. And so we need to learn to rehearse our day. You know, I mean, we'll talk about that with future self journaling, but you know, those kinds of things. So 75 hard was what is awesome about it is when you complete it, you always have that to fall back on. Meaning if there's another time in your life where you've let some of those habits go and your best self isn't showing up, you can one, remind yourself that you did it, which squashes limiting beliefs or two, do it again, sharpen that iron, you know, like, why not? So that I, was that that's an intense program, by the way, because I have watched you do it. I have watched you get up early in the morning and I watched you run stairs at 10 p.m. because you needed to fit in the other exercise. And I have watched you, um, you, you know what? I think I watched you honor your words. And, and I, that's for me, I mean, you know, we, I know we'll talk a little bit about that later, but I needed to really prove to myself that. I do it when even no one else is looking because no one had to see that I was doing it. I could have easily got on and lied about it. And I started to learn that it is like the progress picture. For example, I saw no reason we needed to do that daily. And I remember even being like annoyed by it. Good. I'm glad he put it in there because it taught me to do the stuff sometimes that you just do because you need to. And while it can get boring, you got to stay intentional every day. I mean, I started to even set reminders because when you start to get in just the the rut of the same old thing every day. I'm like, did I do my progress picture today? I mean, some people ended up being like day 60 and losing it over not reading their 10 pages. And the way that 75 hard works is you got to start over at day one. Mm. And so what it really like taught me was you got to, you just got to stay intentional in your days. And when you do, it's amazing what you accomplish. Like it's I incredible. more work done, even though I had more time that I was spending like in my gym, you would have thought then I'd have no time, but you're just more disciplined. You're more focused. And on a psychological level, I, I've, I've noticed that it's this mental fortitude. And I think that that also by honoring your war translates into self-respect and self-love. Totally. Totally. I but love that. People have self-love wrong. They think that self-love should be just looking in the mirror and telling yourself that you're beautiful. I truly believe, I mean, I wish it was that easy. I really do but we have to earn it from ourselves, not from others. We have to earn it by showing ourselves that we can keep our word. All those little whispers that we say to ourselves under our breath, oh, I'm going to get up tomorrow and do it. You've got to do that. Otherwise, it's impossible to look yourselves in the eyes and say you love yourself because we all know what we're capable. You know, We all know we should be doing better. It's so true. So folks, if you're listening to this, 75 hard is intense. I'm going to be doing it. When I commit, <laughs> I'm not there yet. And if you want, if you're interested in that, we will have um, contact information here for Amy. Just yeah. follow her. She has all of that information on her Instagram page and uh, soon on her new website, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> so tell me, I, another thing that I've seen you do daily was a daily um, agreement card that you did every single day religiously. And I think when you get to live with someone for a few days and get to know them intimately, there's something like, wow, why, why am I not doing that, right? 
So tell us about daily agreement cards are actually, this is why the cornerstone really of, of your business, but it's also your personal, you created it. Mm -hmm. So I want, I want you to tell us about it. Well, I'm a, I'm an organized freak. You know, one of my first business coaches was Craig Valentine and it was called the perfect day retreat where you actually learn to set up your perfect day. So I've always been like a logical, I love lists. I love post-it notes. I love my agenda, but my agenda was starting to make me feel like I was failing as an entrepreneur and as a mom and as just a person that like my day can change, you know, like I had nothing really to measure other than my task list as whether I was winning. And I thought, man, I don't want my task list to be the definition of a win or a loss. Like I'm trying to be a better human, a better mom, a better, you know, all these other areas. So Eric and I had decided last year, actually it was right before 75 hard that we were going to do like just a 30 days of a hundred percent of some of our new habits, like making sure we were doing our gratitude and stuff. And so I wrote it on an index card that first day. And so we started, I just put a W and an L whether I was going to win or lose it. And then from there, I, I'm a data tracker. So I wanted to start tracking my wins because I really don't like the perfectionist, you know, attitude. And I, you know, I'm like, if you're a baseball player, you know, Eric always gives me the example. If you're batting 300, you're amazing. That's only three out of 10. Yet that's awesome. So people need to start to look at their overall life and not just the week and go, okay, I might've had a loss, but you know, it could be a learn. So from there, I, I was like, I don't want this to be a task list, but I want it to be a combo of, basically a reflection at night where you ask yourself, what can I do tomorrow that will have me winning my day? Sometimes it's habitual stuff where it might be like, you know, my typical, my gratitude. I always have that on there because I feel like I'm not winning my day without certain things that will forever be on there. Mm -hmm. But then it might be like, I just struggled to um, do my evening face routine. And that was something that, you know, I the DAC is perfect for things that maybe you don't get that instant gratification from you know there's a lot of like tasks that we immediately get like the rush of the reward but then there's things like washing our face flossing our teeth habits that are just good for us but that we don't get the instant reward and those of us that have suffered from like low self-worth we don't keep promises to ourselves so we have to build a structure so for me i started putting on some of those challenging things my first one was washing my face with my full skincare at night and so I established where I had a few wins. I kind of set it up that way when I teach people, like you want to build up a few wins. Otherwise the card means nothing to you. Mm. And then, so then you start to get some confidence. It could be even fake confidence, but Hey, you've built it. And you're like, I'm, I'm keeping the promises to myself. Well, as you build your confidence, you're able to add things to your card that might be super challenging that you never, you've just been putting off. One of my first big ones was getting my Nexus card. It'd been on my to-do list forever. And I, I had it on a task list. Well, day eight of the DACs, now this card's meaning something to me. So my rule is that you have to do your daily agreement card the night before. So I wrote on there that I was going to actually fill out the Nexus application. Well, now that I've, it, it matters to me, you start to like actually do the things that you say you're going to do. Not to mention, in addition to that, writing it down the night before already puts some intention in your brain, your reticular activation system. Just when you first wake up, the thoughts, it's going to be based on some of those things that you said you were going to do. I, I, right now, I've been writing no snooze just to give me that reminder. I, I want this. You know, so when I wake up in the morning, I'll definitely get right up because I'm like, I don't want to lose my day. You know, this was something that I said was important to me. I love that because I have been snoozing last few days so much. And then my other rule with it too, because I didn't want this to be like, when you lose, you just feel terrible. So my rule is, because I'm a strategist, 
that whatever my loss was, I then immediately will put like two solutions that I could have done. So let's say like it could be food related. You end up cheating on your diet late at night. So strategies that I would put in place is, oh, well, tomorrow on my card, I'm going to say no opening the pantry after 8 p.m. Because even though it's not saying the food, it's still like a distraction of like, well, I'm just not allowed to go in that door after eight. I've just put another boundary. Or maybe it was because you didn't get enough sleep. I'm going to set a PM alarm to make sure I go to bed. Because most people complain about things that they're failing on and they never sit to go, well, what would have had me winning it? Mm, So so it's this reflection. So chances are I might screw up on it one more time, but most times just that pen to paper of the strategy I I end up correcting it. And it's really just framed my day. When I go on trips, it's allowed me just to, I keep a, I call it my skeleton card where it's just simple. It's just like my gratitude, you know, my daily, you know, just my things that anchor me. And then it might have things like say hi to meet three new people today. No complaining. Talk to people at the airport, stuff that just make you stay intentional about the things that you feel like will win your day. So that's kind of, I I mean, I'm obsessed with it, you, as you can tell, just because I've seen such a difference in just, you know, I used to commit to teams and commit to others, but I didn't commit always to myself, to the things that no one else sees but you. And so it's powerful. We do that a lot. We do that a lot, I think, as as women, especially. But, well, you know, you were telling me earlier, you have a group right now that's implementing the, the daily agreement cards and how even a few days is absolutely life-changing because people are like, I'm like, I'm honoring myself. I'm like, few, it's so small. It may seem insignificant, but it's actually really important. And then last, you know, my future uh, self-journaling is probably my other, I mean, this, it's been something that's blown me away this year and um, I can't take credit. Nicole um, LaPera, she's also known as the, the holistic psychologist. I love uh, her. She's like my favorite. And I ended up hiring her, but she, she has a free download for the future self-journaling in terms of like the rules. But basically, um, it, it's all about what does your best self do tomorrow? And learning that you actually write the same thing, almost the same thing every day for 30 days. So what she has you do is you pick an area that you want to focus on, that you want to be better at. So my first month, it was like, I'm going to be less reactive you know, and more responsive. And so then in my future self journaling, as I, cause then it will say my, you know, as I show up for my day and I would walk myself through scenarios, I'll say, well, when I see Eric or someone that gives me a tone that I may not, I, I, it's a trigger for me. I don't see it that way. I am able to sit and do some breath work. Like you basically write everything that your best self will do. And you do this every day. You also say like three quality traits that your future self has, because again, you start to show up like mine were integrity because I'm, I'm big about personal integrity, love and joy. And so, you know, I was struggling for a while, like in our gym, I was not enjoying my gym sessions. It was just kind of like, you know, the energy just was, it was just yuck. So I future self journal in my thing that when I show up to the gym, I love it. I'm, I'm, I have great workouts. I'm so focused. Well, at first, sure. The first week that I'm writing that, it means nothing. But what's so powerful about future self journaling is you start showing up that way. I started coming into my workouts and loving it and having a great time. You know, I started showing up in my relationship. I mean, Eric noticed a massive difference in that reactive because I have a few triggers, like just from old wounds that he was able to really see me like, he's like, wow, I'm so proud of you that you actually stopped, you know, and 
I went through my own assessment of what I was thinking I was seeing and then waiting to respond and not getting, you know, caught up in that. And so that was like huge growth for me. So they even have future self drilling for kids. She gives a free printout for kids. I mean, the Oh, I'm, Amy, I Amy, I'm losing you. Oh, I just lost that part of it. It's like the connection is really bad, but, but, but she has the printouts on there. And one of the things that I, that I wanted to ask you was you do this every night for the next day. So for example, and it's the same thing that you focus on for 30 days. So for example, I have been really, 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 really dragging in the gym, like really dragging and watching movies on a treadmill thinking I'm working out when I'm really not. Um, So I would write, when I go to the gym, I'm all in, I'm ready, I'm prepped, the energy is there. And I do that for 30 days the night before every single day. I mean, you'll have your whole day outline, like you'll have your behavior focused, but you can sneak those other things in your future self journaling. Meaning like my overall focus was not to be reactive, but if I've noticed any feelings throughout my day that are just, that are less than joyful, less than, you know, happy. I immediately, I I put those in my journal that how I show up for that. So like my mornings are absolutely crazy, amazing because I have such a deep rooted, like I show up excited for my mornings. Like I get up at 341 every morning and people think I'm, I'm nuts, but it is such, I've anchored so much feeling and emotion and excitement around it and journaling that like my first hour of my day is my favorite because I've just told myself it is. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? So th- this is really incredible. This is why, you know, when I wake up at four every morning, I love myself so much more because it, it just gives me the space that I need. So yeah. when I snooze, I know even though while I need the sleep, I will much rather forego the sleep because the feeling is so magnificent. That's why I say just set a realistic expectation. Just set your alarm for the time you really want to get up. I mean, same with DACs. Like so many people at first will put all the things that they think other people are putting on theirs and they need to put, you know, David Goggins in his book, he used to put like a little kind of like a daily agreement card. At first he had one thing on there. Do not lie. Meaning like to himself. And some people just get so far ahead of themselves and like thinking what they need to put on there when maybe it's just like, I just need to think three positive things about myself today and that will have me winning. Yeah. So it's a really mental prep because then it's, you know, where it's kind of like the yellow red beetle effect. Right. Yeah. And then secondly, it's also, um, the, what happens that it gets ingrained. It's a habit, huge habit changer. So over time it's after 30 days, it completely changes the pattern. And then less decision fatigue. Cause remember some of that you've already made the decisions even down to like you could write in there when i show up for meals i sit and i really enjoy them i love the way that my vegetables test it's 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 nothing short of kind of hypnosis but via pen to paper no joke i I love that i will admit i have read her instructions on future journaling and i didn't get it so the way you describe it granted i glanced i didn't read it in the in full details or re 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 reread it uh, I didn't. Uh, so this was really helpful. I love this. Again, folks, I think Amy, you have snippets on Instagram stories about all of this. If anyone wants to know, they'll have access to you uh, right here. Now you dropped the bombshell about 10 minutes ago when you were talking about discipline. And there was something that I really want to talk about that's 
not easy to talk about, but really important, is that you have battled a stage four cancer for five years, six years? Yeah, yeah five years uh, in the last year with chemo. So for five years and for a whole last year, you had rounds of chemo. And I mean, it, incurable cancer for most part, what is the very small chance yeah. of survival? I had um, stage four non-small cell lung cancer. And um, it is, you know, less than 1% five-year survival rate, you know, without ah. medication. Some of them stay on medication and you'll stay alive, but, you know. My prayer is that your message goes out so much more because I really would love to see you talk about this more. You are, I, I think that to me, such an inspiration of going through that and staying true to yourself and deciding to go down the rabbit hole of personal development and saying, I'm not giving up. I may go, but I'm going to go on my own terms right, right. and living my best life. I would love to know, because that's not an experience I have had. I suppose that it has taken me to some dark parts, dark nights of the soul. For sure. What have you learned? What would you like to share with us who have not experienced that kind of, that extent of, of disease? You know, I, I say to Eric all the time, having cancer really does give you an advantage on the other side. because you face something that your gratitude for getting out of my bed every morning and my feet touching my carpet is so huge and so powerful because of what I've just experienced. And, and I always say to you know other people, like, I don't want you to compare yourself to me because I've just, just like what you've gone through yourself, Yasda, like there's just an advantage. I like to call it that. It's a blessing because it allows me to just see everything in life just slightly on an angle you know, because I get a second chance here. But I think the biggest thing I learned was our mindset has so much more power, you know, than, you know, I've always tried to be a positive person, but showing up to the hospital and seeing the difference between the person that's really giving up and has that just quitter attitude, your body gives up. You know, they, they see like just in our, you know, when we do blood work, like the difference between the person that has that better positive mindset, like nothing changed. Like after I got my good news, I still had to stay on chemo drugs, right? So last December they put me, they were like, you know what, we're celebrating this, but we're still keeping you on chemo. But my physiology actually changed because a lot of that stress in my body, not worry and not, you know, even though I had all that faith, there's still, you're not perfect. You're always going to have little moments that will come through that you, the fear comes. And so getting rid of that, it's amazing what they're now starting to see that we have that power. And, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer in God. So I know that that's just like, it, it's, it's, it's a gift that he gave us that we just didn't realize that we had the power with our mindset and that we had this much power over, we can now control our physiology in many ways, you know, like even down to like your stomach churning, you know, that's one thing I've learned lately is I'm really working on my other body awareness. And that is that when I'm in one of those moments that I, that my brain thinks is a fight or flight, just from based on former stuff, that if I go through my breath work, focus on where it's coming from, that you can actually control that. And it's powerful. It is powerful. So you and I are both lovers of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And, you know, the, I, I have been going down the rabbit hole of, you know, and I told you, like, literally healing myself of all these allergies, not being able to eat things overnight, which is my body attacking these natural foods. It was literally all in my mind. It was the body was trying to tell me something. Totally, totally. 
and I think with cancer, the best advice we got, I went to a therapist that said, you know, you need to start to see cancer as a third party. It was like in our relationship and me and my husband's relationship. And the visualization of finally separating cancer from me, you know, not, you know, I didn't talk a lot about it, but it was partially because I didn't want to label myself as a cancer victim or someone that has cancer because I think our words are super powerful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I would tell myself, like if I'd read the medication sides that I'm going to be fatigued and I accept that, then I'm going to, but I mean, I worked out almost, I mean, outside of when I had surgeries, sure. I might show up and cry and only get one set in, but I, I showed up every day because that was like my self-care. My self-care was just getting up and at least trying to fake it to some degree because I was going to always be in pain and, you know, and, you know, show up as my best self. So no matter what gets thrown our way and something as, as grave as a stage four cancer, it's really up to us to respond or determine how it is that we respond to that. And the fact that the, our mindset could influence the disease directly. Totally. Totally. I mean, my doctors all the time, I mean, are amazed and shocked, but not now that we're seeing what we're seeing with like epigenetics, but they still are just so impressed by the power of prayer, the power of faith. I mean, you know, I, my husband came home one day and we'd just gotten really bad news. Um, and basically we were out of options. You know, we were like year five, um, you know, where nothing was working. And they're like, I mean, at this rate, you would have like six months. And I came home, I was so upset and, you know, losing that moment of faith, you know, and, and, and that's the great thing about having a partner that is there with you supporting. And he said, you know, either we're in or we're out. You know, like we either believe and we go all in on this, like for real, Amy, like we do not doubt it. And we just keep living as if it's, it's happened, you know, or we're out. And, and while we would, we had been doing that, it just wasn't enough. And finally we were like, that's it. We're, we are going to have faith. And we did a really big faith step with, um, actually it was with, um, the RTA syndicate, you know, we were getting ready to pay the fees for that. And it was a big chunk of change and a huge investment in coaching. And if I wasn't going to be around for it, this was going to be really stupid just financially as a family and seeing Eric's faith in me, one just ignites your faith. And that's why it's so important for us to believe in others because him doing things throughout my whole cancer buying, even if it was like a new car, I always would think, well, he must think I'm going to be around for a while because, you know, they don't realize that that's the message they're sending you. But it just gave me more faith in myself because I'm like, if he's believing me, I have no reason not to, you know. And so that moment when he, because he was in the car and when he, when we got the new, good news, he, he said, this is it. This is our moment to really choose. Are we going all in on this? And we really believe that you're going to be healed because there's a part of you that obviously does not believe it because i had been doing visualizing and praying about it but there had to be a part of me. And when we went all in, not even two weeks later, we got a call because I, I had more scans. We wanted to get a second set of scans and they came back clear. And wow. It was just incredible. You know, I mean, nothing short of a miracle. And we knew it. We went all in on some really scary stuff that prior, we even went and got tattoos, me and my husband, like knowing that I was going to beat it. Like, I'm like, well, I'm going to beat it. And we're going to do this as like a test of faith. You know, so I have goosebumps all over my body because if we all had that kind of faith, 
about our own lives, like that, that's more powerful than any kind of disease. This is absolutely incredible. And the importance of having someone believe in you, we, we downplay the fact that someone believes in us. Yeah, blah, 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 right? One person can literally change your entire life. Totally. And oh my goodness. It's powerful. Very powerful. Oh, I love, love, love that. So, Amy, this is, I'm so glad that you're well. And I really, I pray that everyone, I'm going to go out of my way to promote this message because everyone needs to hear that. Um, you know, really quickly, I want to ask you this really short. I had a conversation with someone earlier today, with Jackie, actually, oh. uh, who had, you know, went through a, a brain tumor, her, which is, I mean, all of these the, the big things that, that knock us over. Um, she said that part, sometimes this ease comes as a result of our not being us not being aligned with who we are. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? Well, I, you know, I didn't realize how much, you know, for lack of a better word, trauma I had in my life. But, and, you know, some of it is we don't really know perception versus reality as children. But I do know I ran away a couple times as a child. I, you know, I still don't know, really know what that was about. Um, you know, some sexual abuse as a child, but again, kind of, that was all really, you know, covered up. Mm. But in high school, I, I got pregnant and um, my, my senior year and coming from, I was in a really strict religious, you know, upbringing where there's a lot of, you know, condemnation, more fear of like a lot of fear. They have to put the fear in you. Like I was more fearing of getting in trouble from God versus like wanting to do things out of loving him and just doing the right thing. And so because of that, you do things that you just, you're not even really committed to doing yet. It's so deep ingrained that these things are bad. So me getting pregnant, I truly believe was probably the first like match, you know, you know, the first little bit of, you know, starter fluid, whatever that started that trauma because wow, I know now as an adult, I don't need to shame myself for that. I had so many different situations and experiences during that time that really did shame me. And I mean, I had, you know, guilt and I really felt like I was a bad person. Fast forward, I got married really young after that. Like I placed a baby for adoption, didn't go through any therapy, no talking about it, still in that, you know, condemning religion, still trying to get out of that, you know, out of hell, you know, so that I'm worthy and they even use, you know, the word worthy. And, and I don't even judge, you know, like it's, it's people, humans that just don't know any better. Right. And so I got married really young and I was married for 15 years and had an affair, a really, I mean, a, a, a devastating affair to both families and something that even nine years later, my therapy currently, like I struggle with that shame and just guilt of not being a great human at that time, you know, like feeling that way, like not understanding why I even did it because, you know, I watched my parents, I watched my dad have an affair and I saw the heartbreak. And so then for me to repeat that in my thirties, after having, I had a great, I mean, my husband was great. You know, um, I, I had a good life. We didn't really fight a lot, but I found out through therapy, like, you know, we kind of were attracted to things from like our childhood, some trauma, whatever. And so that was just, you know, after having that affair and it was the hardest hardest time in my life because imagine having an affair and a baby comes out of this affair. So I'm pregnant, which then almost brings me back to 18 year old Amy. So now I'm actually starting to believe the negative talk. Like, you know, we have that inner boss and inner bitch kind of, you know, inner bitch was, you know, winning. 
she would, you know, because she was just like, look, you are white trash. Look, look what you just did. Now you got pregnant again, you know, and all that shame a year later, I was diagnosed with cancer and you know, I'm not a smoker and my type of cancer is they've seen, you know, a lot of, you know, common with females, like with no history of smoking or anything like that with some trauma. If you look at some of Joe's work, um, on the cover actually of his website, one of the first testimonials is a stage four non-small cell lung cancer, you know, patient. Um, so they're seeing a lot of that, that built up, you know, um, shame, guilt, they're powerful, powerful. And I mean, even now, this many years later, you know, I, I talk myself through it, but I've learned that it will be a practice for me. I mean, when you have been in, in a religion or in an upbringing of like a 35 year belief, but, you know, sometimes people would even consider cultish. Um, it's, it's hard to shed those layers. And I've had to like really go through and take new beliefs up that what do I really believe? Because I had such strong in a way that was just no choice given, like, you know, with some of my mistakes that I truly did label myself even a bad person, you know? So, um, you know, hopefully that answers that, that, you know, it does. I, I'm tearing up because, um, I knew this, I wasn't going to ask you, but I really appreciate you bringing it up because it's, these are the demons that we fear that we keep inside and somehow it always has to manifest. And I want us to have these conversations that are so life-changing that give all of us permission to be enough to say, you know what? I really effed up. I really made, I made this mistake or I did something unholy or this happened and to still honor ourselves and, and love ourselves through it and, and let go of this freaking shame. Totally. totally. I mean, it's my mission now, honestly, with females is, I mean, even more, I mean, the weight loss is just a byproduct because you just show up as your best self, but it's truly learning to love yourself because I would have saved myself probably cancer. I would have saved myself an affair because I look back and I'm like, no one goes into an affair that has self-respect or worth because we all are kind of born to know you don't step out. Like if you're married, that's like, that's, you know, it's like, you know, right from wrong. So I can't even say it was that. So the fact that I was willing to, you know, was something I studied for a long time. And, you know, you just, you, people might think on the outside, you can't, you know, like you have it together. You don't care. You have no self-respect, you know, when you cope with other things to try, you're just looking for a way to fill that void. Right. It's just a, um, a symptom of a bigger problem. This is one of the most impactful conversations. And you have I've talked about this many times, but I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, this is one of the most impactful conversations I've had in, in a very long time. Wow. Well, that makes me feel better because I will say my affair is the one thing that probably holds me back. And it's, you know, it's because you hear people under their breath, like, oh, you know, that, that home wrecker. I was that person, you know, I'm the person that someone was talking about. And, and now when people meet me and they're like, Oh, but you're, you're so this, I want people to see that then and know not to do that to other people because I, I coped with alcohol. My, you know, Eric coped with alcohol. If, if I would have had someone to just love me unconditionally and like help me through that dark time, it would have been amazing. And we are so quick to judge people that make mistakes we don't know what they're going through. You know, we don't know what they're, you know, I had a client that her husband had had an affair and she had said something in her conversations back and forth, our coaching, right? And I was really fearing that she was going to find out about my affair. Well, finally, I just had this moment I needed to tell her. And I said, because she was kind of saying stuff about her husband. And I said, you know what? 
your husband's broken. I'm telling you now, there's nothing that you can say to him that's going to make him feel any worse than he already does about what he's done. And it really finally even made her soften her heart because we just, we don't know, we don't, we don't talk enough about it. We really don't. And just if there's anyone who's listening to this and if they have done anything they feel so deeply ashamed of, like this is like really look into that and start to release it because it can manifest into something so, so painful. Thank you for sharing that. I know that that was a lot, so I really appreciate it. It's therapy for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so um, I'm going to go segue because I'm just like right now so overcome with the emotion. I don't want to go there. You have in the last few years completely transformed your life, the life of your family. I love watching you and who you are for your family. But you, have, you and your husband have, have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal development. So I would like to extract some of the lessons and the things that you have learned. What have you learned after you have been around some of the biggest, biggest movers and shakers, Ed Milet, Andy Frizzella, Chris uh, and, and Lori Harder, and all of these other people, uh, the, the Coach Valentine. What have you learned that we could benefit from? You know, I think I wish I would have done it sooner. That was my first thing, is that I wish I would have had a coach in any area that I wanted to get better because they just hold you to a higher standard and you get there faster. They have a faster way than you do. So that was one thing. Um, you know, I, I thought about this, you know, what it's taught me is take action. A lot of these people have books out there that are incredible podcasts that will teach you, but most people don't do the work. So when someone says, do the pen to paper, do the freaking pen to paper. You know, that's one thing that I've always been great at is when anything I've read, if it says to do, I do it, I try it, you know, like right away. So, you know, take the action, do the work. And then the other thing it's taught me is get connected. Like I was missing out on a whole world, like, you know, where you want to be, find people in that circle and get in it because it elevates your identity. It changes the thermostat, like where I was and where I am is always based on the people that I'm around. So if I want to stay here, I need to stay around those same types of people. So it's been worth all the money. Oh my goodness. That's a really good summary. It's such a great recipe. I love that. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to share it as a clip. That's really amazing. Uh, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, I thought about this. I think as silly as it sounds that love cures all because self-love unconditional love to others, having that love filter up for others. I truly think it's what would heal everyone. I love that. What a great answer. Okay. We're going to go some really, really quick questions. Uh, one liner answer. The first thing that comes to mind, best book, best book. I have to say it's gotta be atomic habits. I'm a habit girl. So I'm going to say that next to it would be um, breaking the habit of being yourself. Joe. Oh, by Joe Dispenza. Okay. I have to read the first one. Um, I have to take a look at it. Uh, life is. Gosh, life is what you make it. Love that. My current struggle is. You know, my self-worth. And I, what I've learned is it'll probably be a, a long time thing that I'm going to be open about and sharing because I used to think that it's a destination and it's not. It's a constant journey. Oh, I love that. What a great reminder for all of us. Having faith means. Going all in, like all in. Like you have to, like there can't be a shred of doubt. 
You gotta be willing to, you know what, the best thing, and I, and I know this is quick, but I heard in a book that was um, in Relentless, he coached Michael Jordan. He said, you know, it's going all in. Like after you've had your broken ankle and they have to get up on a pylon and they got to jump back onto that ankle. It's having faith that when you jump off that you're going to be able to, it, it's going to be there. And most people they'll have faith until they have to put the action to it. Oh, that's so brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Best advice I was ever given. Everything happens for you, not to you. I love that so much. So um, I know that you're working on something really exciting. Not only should anyone seek you out who is into literally sharpening the discipline, because I think I'm extremely disciplined. Yeah, I have met you now. I will no longer ever claim that again. So I look to you for that guidance and for, for discipline because you truly inspire. So everyone, I really encourage everyone to come and do that for you. But you're also working some really exciting things with your new website. I would love uh, for you to tell us what, what they are. And um, maybe if there's like something that you're creating that you're willing to share with all of us. Two things. One is um, I've just created Curls and Way Academy. So Curls and Way was my original like company when I lost weight. And then when I got married, we merged. But I started to realize that you know, the beginner side of fat loss, there's, it's a totally different ball game than where I am right now. And so I wanted to build an education place along with giving someone a program, but really teaching. Again, most people, they just want to give you a program and you learn to follow it. So this is like basics, like learning again, to keep promises to yourself, building your morning routine. Like we work on the inner work and, you know, just do a lot of education. So that's launching. It's going to be in group format. I've always been a one-on-one -on -one coach. So I'm really excited to explore and experiment with the, the group setting because there's a lot of power in our environment and a lot of studies and research show that when you are involved more in like a group setting, you have more success. So I'm excited to see the difference in that group coaching and how the females like it. Okay. Well, I'm excited. Where can they find you for that? Because that's brilliant. The best place probably is like IG under Amy underscore Ladine. Um, curls and way on um, Facebook and lean bodies consulting on Facebook. You know, we've got 200,000 followers there. We are, we love to add value. I mean, I get, you know, me and Eric get really excited about just teaching someone another way. You know, there, there's another way to have it all. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy hard. <laughs> there really is. I mean, if I could summarize, you are um, not only are you incredibly successful, multimillionaire, both you and your husband have really successful businesses. You have created an impact across the world with these people around. Yes, we'll focus on the weight, but it's really about the question of self-worth. You're an incredible mindset coach. This transforming lives for me even here. And I think now that after this conversation, like you're a healer <laughs> from a completely different level. And I think that I like, I just feel like right now you're being, you're being called and you know, the purpose is found within your wounds. And I really think that, that we all need to hear your story more. Well, I appreciate it. And I love, I love you. I love where this has brought me in the last five months. I don't even think you realize what a big part you had in that huge shift for me to find the softer side of me, you know, and not just discipline, you know, start, my nickname was Sergeant Slaughter. You know? <laughs>
So you can imagine me showing up and hugging and kissing people is, is a whole, you know, we can create the people, we really truly can create who we want to be. And I'm living proof of it. My, my former life, I never hugged anyone. I never was, I never saw that side. So. Hey, pajama party with, with girls in an apartment is the best way to bond. Amy, I love you so dearly. I respect you fiercely. And I think everyone needs to know who you are. So everyone give her a follow. And I cannot thank you enough for today. Thank you so much for having me, Yasna. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world. Please share with anyone that might find this useful and go ahead to all iTunes stations and please give us a five-star rating. So much love for you all. Please, please, please know that everything can be different. You're worthy. You're good enough. And let's up-level together.